0: If you're like most people, you're often probably looking for motivation to help you reach your goals. It is a huge topic in fitness and training and career goals everywhere. We're always looking to be more motivated. But it is probably not the answer. In fact, it might actually be holding you back because when you pursue motivation, you often avoid the things that will actually help you get there. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Before I get into it, if you have time to rate or review the podcast, I'd really appreciate it. Five stars would honestly be awesome, and if you have a second to write a review, even better. The whole reason I do this podcast is to help people, and the more people I reach, the better. The ratings and reviews really help me to reach more people, so if you have a second to like push that little star button, I'd really appreciate it. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to the Eat Well, Sleep Great, Run Far podcast. My name is Will Frantz, and I'm here to help you go farther, faster, and longer without injuries, gut problems, or giving up your favorite foods. All right, we are live. So this week, I'm going to be talking about like why motivation might actually be holding you back. Motivation is a huge topic in fitness and training and everybody's always looking for motivation or accountability or something like that, right? Like, it is one of the most talked about topics when I have a consult with somebody, be it digital or in person or whatever. And, I mean, look at, there's a good reason why. Like, look at a a Nike commercial. It's usually someone doing awesome stuff while you have some famous coach like a Vince Lombardi or someone talking about winning set to very intense music, and it gets your, your blood rolling and your dopamine up. It feels good. And most of us have probably had some of our biggest wins in the past during a time of fairly intense motivation. And while that works really well in the short term, most of the time, these successes that last the longest typically have little to do with motivation. It's discipline or process or whatever you want to call it. I was listening to the Some Work All Play podcast the other day, and David Roche actually put it really well. He said that success is, he called it a mistake of the process, and I love that because it's very true. You will often get a win or two or a big year from motivation. One of my biggest athletic successes was in the Ultimate Frisbee Nationals in South Korea. And I was motivated to train hard all summer. Like, woke up at five, did two-a-days, through the disc every day, and very motivated. However, <laughs> like, there's no long-term success there because I didn't make it a habit. I didn't have this like long-term goal for it. I didn't do it when I left the country or came back to America. Like I doubt my frisbee prowess is very good at this point because I was relying on motivation to do a thing that was very situationally dependent. And I didn't set up like habits or discipline to actually make it a long-term thing. And that is because like motivation just isn't permanent ever. Ah, oh, Andy, hey, yeah, fun times. Um, yeah, so you will never always want to do the thing. And like I've listened to Courtney DeWalter on two or three podcasts in the past couple weeks, and she notoriously loves the process and the training, just loves it. She loves training more than she loves racing exponentially. She loves running really long distances and finding the pain cave more than I probably love anything in my life because it is rare for a human to find that thing, the thing that you love that much. And even then, like, she said that there are days pretty frequently when she just doesn't want to do it. And sometimes she takes that as a sign that it's time for an unplanned rest day. And usually, but usually she just does it anyway. She gets out and does the work. And most often, once she gets out there, she enjoys it. Because motivation is this problem of, like, initiation cost. Motivation is the drive to get out there and do the thing, not the actual enjoyment of the thing you're doing. And you're going to want to start doing the thing a lot less often than you'll actually enjoy it once you're there. So if we rely on motivation... It is a pretty guaranteed way to fail because you won't actually start doing the work that you need to do even if you would have enjoyed it once you'd started. Habits and discipline are paramount and I've talked about this book before, Tiny Habits from BJ Fogg. You also have Atomic Habits from uh, Clear and if you struggle with these things, and we all do, we need to make this initiation cost as small as possible. We need to make it as easy as possible to start doing what we want to do. I don't want to get up at like 4.30 or 5 and get going every day. I wake up pretty naturally then at this point in my life, but the actual getting out of bed and putting my feet on the floor is not always a thing that I want to do. So I've made I try to make that easier for myself. I will often like make my coffee the night before and I love coffee unapologetically. So it makes it easier to get out of bed knowing that I have a pot of coffee in the kitchen ready for me. And once I'm like up, have my feet on the floor, I've used the bathroom and I'm drinking a cup of coffee, it's pretty simple for me to get to work. Once I like, once the feet touch the floor, there is very little time lapse between me, between that point and actually getting to work, whatever work I need to do, be it training or writing content or whatever. But the feet, getting the feet to the floor is the hard part. And that is often true for like getting out the door or getting to the gym or like getting to the trailhead or whatever. It is the first step that is by far the biggest. And another thing that like, we don't always appreciate, and this is a longer topic that I'll get into later, but like success takes time. And we often like to pretend it doesn't. We focus on like lottery winners and people who get overnight successes. And even then, for most overnight successes, there were years of hard work beforehand. But we don't talk about that as much because it doesn't sell as well. So instead of being honest, We'll often talk about the overnight wins or the success or the like final step in a years long process. One of my mentors is a great example. Someone once asked him like, I just thought, I just thought it'd be easier to find success in the fitness industry and I don't know why I'm struggling so much. And he responded, it took me 17 years to get to where I am. And why did you think it would happen overnight? We didn't really have an answer, but the very clear answer is because everybody sells that. Be it in business or training, there's always this talk of, I will get you here to there in like 30 days, right? Like we have the P90Xs and the crash diets and what have you. We are constantly looking for this thing that will make everything happen immediately. And it's just not real. It's true in business. It's true in training. It's very true in running. Kipchoge just set a new marathon world record at the age of, what, 37? It wasn't overnight. He, he's been running for three decades. These things take time, and that's why motivation is not our answer. And in fact, it can really shoot you in the foot if you rely on motivation At best, you'll see progress and wins for like a year or two. But if you want real success here, we need to set up discipline and habits. We need to get up and do the thing, especially when we're not motivated to do it. And this is a thing that we don't talk about enough either, but maybe you just don't actually want your goal, and that's okay. I'll get back to that in a second, but if you do want the thing you say you want, relying on motivation isn't going to get you there. Instead, mm, don't use motivation to, like, get you moving every time you need to. We actually use the motivation to build habits. So, i use the example of me when I used to work night shift, especially when I was in charge, right? Like, I knew I needed to be <laughs> fairly confident and aware and, like, awake and a human being every night. So, my first year, before I was in charge, learning to run a snowcat, I gained thirty pounds in four months. I drank too much. I never slept. I was not a great person or coworker or like pick a thing. I was not particularly happy with myself in that winter. If I'm looking back on it, and from then on, I spent a very large portion of each October setting up and establishing like systems and habits that I would need come November. I would wake up fifteen minutes earlier so I could get my workout in. Every winter I'd follow like Pavel's simple and sinister program. It's like a fifteen minute kettlebell like swing and Turkish get up program that is really effective and efficient. Boring, but it does the job. And when you're on night shift working twelve hour shifts for like seventy to eight hours a week, that's what you need. Right. So I'd set that up. I would start pre mixing breakfast so it was easy to cook. I would start pre-making coffee. That's actually where I started that habit. And I would set all of those habits like a month or two out of actually needing them. Cause somewhere I knew in the middle of December everything would fall apart. I wouldn't want to do it anymore. But by then they were just a part of what I did. Okay. And once these habits are set, I can view like we need to hold them. There's a quote from Heston Blumenthal, he's a very famous chef, and He always wanted people to hold the standard. They had a very high, it was a three Michelin star restaurant. The standard there was very high. And story comes because a cook messed up a dish and he wanted to get it out because he didn't want this person to wait because you shouldn't have to wait at a three Michelin star restaurant. And Heston came around and did his, his tastings and it wasn't right. And he asked the cook why, wasn't a dick about it. He asked the cook why, and the cook told him I wanted to get it out, and it's close. And essence, said, remake it. We need to hold the standard. The quality is always what matters, right? So once you set this habit, we need to hold it and maintain what we've worked so hard to, de- hard to develop. Most of the time, there just isn't like a magic pill here. Like if we're looking at running, you just have to, most of the time, you just have to run more often. I'd love if, like, I could name you some, like, patented process or I had some secret or whatever, but 90% of the time, it's really run more often. And eventually we need to, like, include the right speed work and the long runs and the back-to-backs and the food and all this stuff, but you can go very far by just running more often. They've shown that two-a-days of, like, an extra 10 minutes a night can really help your progress. We don't even fully know why, but the performance increase is insane. Like we need to make it consistent and if the goal is to run more often, you're going to have to overcome that like initiation cost or like that initial jump even more. So we need to make it a habit have to rely on discipline, and this is like doubly true if we look at what we call the boring work, right? Like the boring work makes 99% of the difference in training or success or whatever, and when we're talking about training, that often looks like total food intake and macronutrient intake like protein, fats, and carbs, things you've heard me talk about forever, hydration, sleep, And then those like low and slow aerobic work that you could talk through almost every day, be that like four, five, seven days a week, even 10 to 15 minutes counts there. And nobody wants to talk about that 15 minute run. Nobody wants to hear about your 15 minute run. But it's those things done consistently that will actually take you where you need to go. Like, most of the stuff that makes the biggest difference isn't sexy. When you ask someone how they got good at running, and they say, I ran a lot, at a very conversational pace, almost every day, that is a boring story. But it works. It works really well. And when someone asks me how to lose body fat, like, how they change their diet to lose body fat, and I tell them, eat more protein, vegetables, fruits and drink a lot more water. That is not what they want to hear. That is not what anybody ever wants to hear, but that is 99% of the battle. It is not keto and low-fat diets and whatever. It's, you need to eat more foods that are satiating, that provide you a lot of, with a lot of nutrition, and drink more water, so that you will like, do less of the bad stuff, or whatever we call it. Right? Habits are the key. And further, once we've developed those habits... They come into play on race day. An athlete who my coach was getting a little delirious at the end of a race and didn't want to fuel, wasn't thinking about fueling, but it was his habit. And this is one of the main reasons you should fuel on your runs. It's not that you actually need to fuel a 45-minute run. As long as you get a good recovery meal afterwards and like eat well throughout the rest of your day and you're not in a total deficit, it's not going to cause you really any damage, but fueling most of our runs develops the habit of fueling. So when you're tired and delirious and maybe even hallucinating a little bit in the middle of the night, it just is what you do. And that way you don't end up in a hole on something like a 50 mile or a hundred or whatever, right? So one perspective I try to take is what would make like tomorrow me proud even better like what would make next next year me proud but like that's often too far out like what would I be proud of tomorrow that I do today and if we're debating something like beer and a pizza or steak broccoli and some like a good good rice and beans and all these things sometimes it is the beer and the pizza but it's usually not. Right? Like I went over to a friend's house the other night and had a beer and socialized. And like, I'm not a particularly social human. I struggle with that. So that was a proud moment. Like, I got out of my shell and like, I humaned and I left this room. And that was good. But most of the time, if I'm just going to be here, the thing that's going to make me proud is not the beer and the pizza. It is a good meal and getting into bed early so I can wake up the next day and be ready to go. And Let's finally return to that point of, like, do you actually want the goal you're chasing? Because all goals have trade-offs, right? Like, if you want to train for a triathlon and you aren't very good at two of the sports and you're very good at one of them, then you're probably going to need to get a bit worse at the one that you're good at in order to bring up the other two. If you're currently really lean But you want to perform better, you're probably going to put on some body fat. If you want to train for something big, then you might need to spend a little less time doing social things. You need to actually want your goals so that you're not sacrificing things you actually want more. And I'm not talking in the moment. This isn't the, like, I like pizza and beer thing, so I have to give it up or eat less of it. So do I. But, like, I don't want to make a career out of eating pizza. So I limit it to once a week. I want to make a career out of like coaching runners. So I do the work that I need to do to make that happen. And that's requires taking care of myself and training properly. You will always do best when you're you, when you're honest with yourself about what you want. We often get into this place It's easy to fall into the hole of like chasing goals that other people want or that we used to want or that we think we should want. And that is a, usually a really problematic slope. Like I was watching this show, it was a bartending competition on Netflix and this woman like crushed her way into the final round, um, from the semifinals. And Going into the judging, she was worried because everybody else had made these extravagant, fancy pieces, and she just made something that was so deeply her. And it was by far the best thing that was out there. And that will pretty much always be true, because if you were truly deeply you, then you win, because at the very least, like, you've done something or made something that you're proud of. We're often worried about being judged for who we are, you should just be who we are. We can only really be us. And it's when you try to fight that that we often end up in these problems. Your interests might change. What drives you might change. Like You might like ultra running now. Hell, five, 10 years down the line, you might wanna like do a lot of distance swimming or take up powerlifting or join a strongman competition. And that's great. You should be open to those changes. You're not wedded to the thing you're doing now or the thing you did five years ago, right? Like I used to cycle a lot. As I said, I used to play Frisbee a lot. I don't do them anymore. And it's because I'm not in the place I was and I just don't have the interest at this time. They might come back. They might not. And you need to follow what you actually want to do or else not only are you trying to fight this like inherent drop in motivation that only happens because you're human, but you're also trying to force this goal that you don't really want. And finally, the other downside of motivation and relying on it is that it almost never leads to any sort of exit plan or maintenance. When you solely rely on motivation, it is very short-sighted. This is why I was saying, like, you might get some wins, but you're very rarely going to get long-term success. Because in order to maintain or have this long-term success, you need to have some sort of, like, exit and maintenance plan. This is very true for, like, dieting is a pretty pretty easy example here. We know we have an obesity issue in the country, but most people have lost a bunch of weight and then put it back on. I'm one of them a couple times, right? And a couple times that was body fat and a couple, th- and like more recently it's been muscle and it's what it is, right? So if we lose, if we ha- have success losing body fat and then always, almost always put it back on, like over 90%, almost always put it back on, it is largely because we don't actually have a plan to get out of the diet or the training plan. We just beat the hell out of ourselves and eat nothing. And then we've returned to this life that we had prior. And that's clearly not gonna work, right? Like you need to have a way to maintain your results. If we're looking at training, we need to have a plan to maintain what we've built or else we're just gonna have to start from ground zero every year, right? So like I've spent the last like six months to a year building up a big aerobic base. I have a plan in the winter to maintain that, and thankfully, maintenance doesn't involve as much work as building. So if you have put in a lot of work to build something, you probably need at most a third, some studies show a tenth, depending on the goal, of the volume you took to build that you need to maintain. So it's not like your peak week needs to be yearly. You just need to have a plan to continue to maintain your results. The biggest issue for all of this is that we rely on motivation, which is the short-term driver. And we end up failing to take the long-term into account. And we end up doing things like putting a race on the calendar and going balls to the wall with training when you can actually just be cardiovascularly fit all year and make continual progress year to year. So the last thing I'll say is I was, and this is a late addition because I was just listening to this before I got on, but Andrew Huberman was talking about staying motivated and kind of what I was saying in line with what I was saying earlier, is like, what allows you to love what you're doing? You actually have to love what you're doing. And If you don't, then maybe we need to readjust what we're looking for, right? So if you have any questions, pop them in. That's all I have for tonight. Motivation is great, it's really helpful. It can be a useful tool, but its best use is to set up these habits and discipline that will actually take you to your goals in the long-term rather than just giving you these short-term wins you have a great rest of your night I'll be back hopefully next week with one of these I have the race on the 19th so it will be either short or a recorded interview but I will see you with something next week hope you have a good rest of your night see ya thank you for listening to the show to be clear I'm not a doctor nor a registered dietitian and nothing you heard was medical advice you should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training regimen. If you enjoy the podcast or found it useful, please take a couple seconds to give it a rating or share it with a friend. Every little bit helps. And if you want more of this information, please head to the Trail and Ultra Running Nutrition group on Facebook. You'll be in good company with other like-minded people who like to do hard stuff outside.